Hello, and welcome back to the Sustainable Brown Girl podcast. This show exists to connect Black, Brown, and Indigenous women who are interested in sustainability. Our goal is to inspire, encourage, and educate each other. From gardening, to thrifting, to minimalism, to veganism, and everywhere in between. We are all on a journey to taking care of our bodies and our planet. I'm your host, Ariel Green. In a society in which we are constantly exposed to advertisements encouraging us to buy the latest and greatest products, it's no wonder that many of us overconsume and fill our homes with too much stuff. Although some people have been living minimalist lifestyles for decades, the idea became more mainstream with Japanese author Marie Kondo's book, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, which was further popularized with a subsequent Netflix series. With more people decluttering their closets and downsizing their living spaces, I wanted to talk to Sadie Daffer, the creator of the Mixed Up Minimalist blog, which focuses on minimalism, zero waste, and making sustainable life changes. In this episode, we'll be talking to this sustainable brown girl about the connection between minimalism and sustainability. Thanks so much for joining us today, Sadie. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Yay. Okay, so, you know, looking through your blog, I've been following you on Instagram for at least a few months now. And I love all of the content you post with the minimalism and zero waste. And let's just start with, well, what does minimalism mean to you? For me, it means just living simply, unsubscribing to that consumerist mindset and just really focusing on having the items you need that bring you uh, more utility rather than just stuff in your house. Um, Mm -hmm. And just not putting energy into non-essential items, both just in your house and your workspace and in your daily life. And how did you start your minimalism journey? I didn't start it as a one day I just decided I was going to be a minimalist. It kind of happened over the last three years in a kind of slow progression. It first really kicked off when I moved from Oklahoma City to Portland, Oregon. I sold everything in my apartment. I packed up my car and I drove to um, Portland to start the job that I have right now. Um, And I moved with my best friend. So we had a 1300 square foot apartment. And as soon as I got there, I started, of course, filling it with furniture and all kinds of things. And nine months later, um, when I moved into my own apartment, is when I realized I had collected so many things in the span of just nine months that what used to fit in one car now took 15 trips in my car. Oh my gosh. I was, yeah, I was just amazed at how quickly I had accumulated so much more stuff. So I was moving into a 400 square feet studio apartment and I just couldn't fit it in there. I had to sell a lot of my stuff. I had to really think about, okay, what can I fit in the space? What can't I fit in the space? It really changed just how I lived entirely at that point. Yeah. When you decided to downsize, was it with the thought of like being more interested in minimalism or was it just a necessity? At that time, it was just a necessity. Um, I was, you know, 
going to live by myself in a very expensive city on a government paycheck. So there wasn't a lot of extra money. And so I had to really do a lot of research uh, before I bought things, make a lot more conscious efforts. I couldn't just go to the grocery store and buy an eight pack of paper towels anymore. I just didn't have space. And so I had to use essentially what I had already and not add more and just be very strategic. And that slow process of just finding things that would actually fit into my life, literally and figuratively, um, slowly just made me change my behavior, change how I thought about items. And it led me to being a lot more sustainable. Yeah. So after downsizing, then what kind of interests you about sustainability? Yeah. So I've always had a slight interest. I would say stronger than a slight interest. My degree actually is in environmental science. My bachelor's is from the Oklahoma State University. Yeah. And it's, of course, I'm one of those um, people that graduates with a degree and doesn't really practice it. Um, Mm -hmm. My degree, my job now is in health and safety. And so they're semi-related. But my environmental science background, I've always loved just thinking about the earth and its value to both humans and animals. And it's kind of always been there and the background. And once I found minimalism, I kind of got re-engaged into sustainability and environmentalism because they Mm. do have such a connection. And so it's almost like minimalism brought me back to my roots of being a younger environmentalist. That's awesome. (laughs) So when you decided to pursue environmentalism for your degree, what, like, what was that? What caused that? Yeah. So when I was younger, I knew that there were three main ways people um, kind of helped in the world. I knew there were those people that focused on humans and helping people in their daily life. There were really strong animal activists. And then there were the people that were the environmentalists. Those were the three top things I saw people helping out and volunteering for. And from my point of view, I figured my strongest and best interest would be into investing into the environment because it would preserve both human and animal life in the long run because it's um, our foundation. It's where we live. It's our necessity for us to exist. And so I was looking through and I saw the degree in environmental science and I saw there was an option for policy. And I was like, policy, environment, that's exactly where I need to be because policy wow. is the only thing that gets, you know, things changed. Definitely. Definitely. So, well, now being in a completely different industry, well, you know, maybe it's not completely different, but, you know, not being in the industry that you went to school for, is your blog kind of like your creative outlet? Yes, that's exactly what it has become. It's so nice. It's so nice to be able to think back and be like, I want to make a difference. And, you know, you have all these younger aspirations. You're like, I'm going to change the world. And then you get into the real world and you do kind of get jaded and you're like, okay, I need to make money and I need to find something that's secure. But, you know, having the extra time during my day where I can think about my actions and write about what motivates me and I can join like Greenpeace talks and listen to different conferences and get inspired by other people. Um, It 
makes me honestly want to eventually transition into a job where I'm doing more environmental policy work. Um, but for the moment, it's, it is just so nice to have an outlet for something that I'm passionate about. Yeah, definitely. And there's so much information to just like absorb and wow, it's yeah. just like, it's easy to get overwhelmed. Huh? For sure. Do you, ever, do you ever feel overwhelmed with um, things about sustainability? All the time all the time because I feel like every single day I go on Instagram and I learn about a new topic or a new issue and I it is overwhelming and so you do have to almost train yourself to take a step back and pick certain topics that you really want to be invested in and kind of become the subject matter expert in those topics and be like okay I'm gonna focus on this while still being conscious that there is so much more out there um and been working to preserve your energy in a way of not burning out on all the different issues, because really, honestly, it is never ending. There's so many different people, so many different places, so many things happening consistently at one time. And we mm -hmm. do have access to all the information to know about all the issues happening at one time. So I definitely, uh, you know, do social media checks. I limit myself out on hours of the day and try to take a step mm -hmm. back and engage when I do have the energy to do so. Yeah, definitely. So would you say that your focus is more on the minimalism and zero waste aspect? Yeah, I would definitely say that. Yeah. So I saw on your Instagram that you did the No Waste November Challenge last year. I did Plastic Free July and it was a struggle. So I can't imagine just like no waste at all. What was that experience like for you? Yeah, I think it's awesome that you did Plastic Free July. And I'm actually excited to do that this year. So yeah. No Waste November for me was a really cool experiment. It was essentially the jumping off point for my blog, for transitioning my page. Um, but I will say that the term zero waste, I believe, is misleading because yeah. it still encompasses recycling. It still encompasses your compost waste. And so like even today, there are plastic items that I buy that are single use from the grocery store and I recycle them. And so mm -hmm. even though it's still a waste stream, since it's recycling, I can technically count it as zero waste. So I mm -hmm. almost would say being the term zero waste is looser than plastic free. It's, I would say it's almost oh. slightly easier. That's very interesting. And I totally see your point. Yeah, I think plastic free July is going to be way harder than my zero yeah. waste. November. Yeah, it was so hard. I didn't, I didn't, um, I mean, I completed it, but definitely I had plastic, you know, mm -hmm. so I'm interested yeah. to see how it goes for you. How would you say minimalism and sustainability are related? I think that they exist together. Um, they're interconnected predominantly because you're changing your mindset. You're not subscribing to the normal um, consumerist lifestyle. You're kind of unburdening yourself from the everyday, the constant bye, bye, bye. Um, mm -hmm. So you, be I think they're very tied because you start, when, you, when I started min minimalism per se, oh man, that was a weird word. Okay, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> when I started minimalism, um, I focused 
more on items that would bring me a lot of utility that were multi-use. And that really does translate to being more sustainable because using your items again and again, finding items that are going to last a long time, that essentially is being sustainable. And so to me, I think they're really interconnected and you can have one without the other, but when you do have that conscious mind shift, they become very, very similar. Yeah, I totally agree. And for me, um, with sustainability, I noticed that, you know, once I started really thinking about my impact and stuff, that I would buy less things. So, so yeah, so definitely sustainability and minimalism are connected because, you know, when you're, when you're concerned about the planet, you just think about things differently. So buying things is probably one of the first things that you stop doing. So what tips can you offer to people who are interested in minimalism? I think the first one is know your triggers. So know kind of what will encourage you to buy things. I know mine, it was watching TV ads, seeing people, you know, wearing different clothing that's in style that would get me subscribing to a lot of um, company emails. I would always get the sale, sale, sale. And Mm -hmm. I would click the link, some online shopping. And then sometimes just going into stores, going into a Target was very bad for me. (laughs) You know, like there's just so much stuff. I don't know what they do to that store, but it makes you want to buy everything. And so I just, yeah, I actually stopped buying cable. And I now pay, you know, a couple extra dollars for my TV show subscription so that Mm -hmm. I don't get commercials. That's Mm -hmm. cut down a lot of my uh, unsubscribing from those uh, emails for different companies helps. And then I just don't go to Target. I'm not going to lie. Just try not to look in there (laughs) at this point. Love it. And then I would also say research. When I first started minimalism, I was, you know, watching a couple documentaries, looking for other people. And so finding a community where other people were going through a similar process and talking about it, you know, different Instagram pages, different YouTube pages. You know, when I came across your YouTube page, I was so excited. I was like, yes, another brown girl that's doing this. So nice to be able to just connect see other people going through a similar process and gaining information because everyone has a different, you know, set of informational knowledge. And so when we like pull together that, it's, it's so beautiful. Totally agree. Do you have any other tips? Uh, I do I have one more. So taking it slow. Um, I feel like downsizing is it can be really overwhelming, especially if it's forced upon you, if you're you know, going through a move or something like that. It's just a lot of mental roadblocks to work through because we've been socialized into such a consumerism mindset at such a young age. So be gentle with yourself. You're unlearning a lot of behaviors when you're going through the minimalism or even the sustainable process. And, you know, just take it slowly at your own pace. Definitely. Definitely. Those are awesome tips. So going back to when you said that you found sustainable brown girl and you were like, oh, that's great. You know, seeing other brown people who are in this movement. Why do you think it's important to highlight that and, you know, in the black and brown people of color community? For sure. Um, 
for me, I feel like I haven't been in this space for a very long time. I feel like I really entered the space when I started the No Waste November Challenge. And I wanted to connect with other people and I wanted to have these conversations. And there were just some questions that I feel like a lot of the people that have sustainable pages, that have minimalism pages couldn't answer. You know, one of the questions I had was, was will a shampoo bar work on curly hair? Like, is that gonna dry yeah. me out? And so, you know, just like having those questions about like, there's differences um, between different cultures and how they operate. And so finding other black and brown POCs that are in this realm is honestly just very comforting for me because I know they're going to offer a perspective that I can relate to on a better level. I honestly feel like additionally with the amount of sustainable bloggers and Instagrammers, they all have these very curated pages that are just, Mm -hmm. they just seem so unachievable. You know, you see the uh, Mason jars for the trash for a year and it just, seems standard that's so hard to reach and whenever i see black and brown um predominantly women i'm not gonna lie i see a little bit less men um Mm -hmm. but they just seem so much more authentic in their process of going about this and it's just it's a better experience it's more welcoming i feel like i can connect easier it's not so uh, unattainable and out of reach because i don't have like a metal popsicle maker, you know, like these <laughs> items are expensive that they promote. And, you know, I look at them, I'm just like, I cannot afford these things. I would love to have them, but I want to approach minimalism and sustainability from a realistic perspective. So that's just been my personal experience. It just, it just doesn't seem like a community. Um, the community that I see a lot just doesn't yeah. relate to me on a personal level compared to black and brown. Yeah, I totally agree. And that's one of the things that I love about your page and your blog is that it just seems so real. You know, like you're just filming this like on your day off or whatever, you're taking a picture. Yes, it makes me feel so much better about how my my stuff looks because it's not as pretty as yours, you know, as like you said, some of the other sustainability people. Yeah, I love that. Thank you. I so, appreciate that. I do. I try to be really authentic and really show like, this is this is just how I live. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And it makes it so much more realistic. And it just feels like it's not so big of a step to take, you know, because when you're looking at other people's pages that are so curated, it's like, I'll never be on that level. So why even try? But seeing regular people do right. it and making it look so normal is definitely normalizing it. So love that about your page. Thank you. Um, yeah. So what's the goal? I, you know, I didn't put this down, so it's okay if it takes you a minute to think about it. But do you have, I'm trying to think of how to phrase it because it just came to me. <laughs> do you have mm-hmm. a goal for your blog? Like, is there anything that you want to achieve, say, within the next year or two? Um, for sure. I definitely have goals for it. When I started the blog, I definitely started with a long-term perspective. I didn't know if people would even be interested. (laughs) I -hmm. just was like, I'm going to do this for the next three to five years, and I'm going to just catalog what's going on in my life. And if people like it and they're interested, 
in it, that's great. If not, then, you know, just, just my experience at the end of the day. Um, but for sure, I want to, I think one of my main goals is to transition to more of a cost-based zero-waste lifestyle. Um, one of the things that I've been doing lately is just kind of comparing cost of reusable items compared to disposable items. And oh. I want to highlight the affordability of the zero waste movement. Like I made toothpaste and I think it was like 67 cents for a two to three month supply of toothpaste. Wow. And, you know, yeah, I've made some all purpose cleaner for 25 cents and just wanted to let people know that zero waste is not this, you know, curated, super expensive lifestyle, you can make it manageable for anyone on any budget. And I really want other black and brown people, especially to, you know, be open to the idea and think that it's possible for them to make this transition as well. So, I mean, I would, I would love to, you know, have a good audience of people that um, are interested in the zero waste movement and that are black and brown love to open that space up for them as well. Yeah, that would be awesome. Speaking of some of the zero waste transitions you've made with the toothpaste and the cleaner, what are some of the things that you've transitioned, you know, to zero waste that you wish you would have done sooner? Like it's changed your life? Oh, yeah. Um, that's a great question. I think Honestly, paper towels. Mm. I used to go through rolls and rolls of paper towels. They they were a household staple. We had mm -hmm. them all the time. We had like super packs and we'd, we'd go through them like crazy. And transitioning to just using my cloth paper towels was really hard for me because it was a mental roadblock of, you know, yeah. always having that disposable thing, super easy to clean up. But now that I can have, I still have several uh, of cloth towels and they're easy. I just keep like, I have one in my backpack when I travel. I have one on my office desk for when I eat lunch at my desk, even though I'm not supposed to, you know, like <laughs> there's, I just, I keep them in these places where they're just really handy. I use them for all kinds of things in the kitchen. I've just become really accustomed to just washing them and reusing them. Um, another one that's more women focused, I do use a menstrual cup. I yes. saw my friend using one, yeah, years ago. And I was just like, what is that? Why? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I thought it was crazy. Mm -hmm. And now I'm like, this is the best thing ever. I will never ever go back ever Same. using a tampon there's no yeah Same. and so yeah. it, it's so great and it produces zero waste it's amazing yeah with the menstrual cup I that was probably one of my first transitions although when I did it at the time it wasn't like oh this is zero waste let me do it I just kind of wanted to try it because mm -hmm. I always hated tampons I hated pads and so mm -hmm. with the menstrual cup it's just 100% life-changing. Totally agree. <laughs> yes, yes. Has there been anything that you've tried zero waste and was just like, I can't do it? <laughs> um, oh, honestly, okay. So lately I've been trying out different cleaning sponges. I mm -hmm. tried those natural fiber um, scrubbers. I've tried um, the 100% like plant fiber 
sponges. I've tried a lot of different sponges and they just either don't clean very well or they disintegrate. So mm. I'm still, I, I haven't, haven't given up yet, but I am really, really trying to find um, some type of cleaning product to scrub my dishes. It has been yeah. a long road. Oh yeah. I'm still using the uh, like wire scrubbers. I don't think those are recyclable though. <laughs> uh, I don't know either. I bought some steel wool to clean my cast iron skillet the other day and I didn't realize it had soap in it. So oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's been an interesting journey. It has not gone in my favor. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. See what happens. It's a lot of trial and error for sure. It is. It is. And that's something that doesn't really bother me because it's like, oh, I get to test this out and see if it works. So exactly. Yeah. 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 Totally agree. <laughs> What is one simple step that anyone can take to be more sustainable? I'm going to say um, being more sustainable in everyday life, a simple step would be bringing your own reusable napkin. Um, mm. This really, it has been great for me because I didn't realize, you know, I'd go off to lunch with coworkers and use a bunch of napkins. Um, after going to the bathroom, I'd use napkins to dry my hands. Um, you know, when you go out to like a bakery or something, they always give you something in a paper bag. And so I started carrying around my own napkin and I just realized how useful it was. Um, you know, I've had people put food on the cloth napkin. They look at me a little weird, but it turns out great and I don't have any waste. Um, I, you know, going to the bathroom, I can just dry my hands with it if I've got it right there with me in my backpack. Um, it's just very convenient and I can also use it like uh, as a tissue if I don't have any Kleenex around. So I think it's just like a really great multi-purpose item that can be pretty small and easy to carry with you. That's a great tip. I never really considered that, for, especially to be the like one simple step. But that is super simple. And you're right. There's so much like if you just go out to eat, they put five or six napkins on your table and it's right. like, oh, OK. <laughs> yes. But yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Oh, thank you. And lastly, Sadie, where can everybody find you? Yes. So uh, my main page is Instagram at the mixed up minimalist. I also have a blog. It's the mixed up minimalist.com and a YouTube channel of the exact same name, the mixed up minimalist. Awesome. Everybody, please go follow Sadie everywhere. She's amazing. And you will learn so much from her tips. Thanks again so much for talking with us today. It was great getting your insight and learning from you. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been such a great pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to this Sustainable Brown Girl podcast. Be sure to subscribe and share it if you loved it and leave a review. You can find us on Instagram at Sustainable Brown Girl and check out our Facebook community. We would love to have you there. Until next time, let's continue to make healthy choices for the health of our planet and the health of our bodies. Thanks for listening.